Ephesians chapter 4, if you have your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 11. We're talking about the church. In fact, I believe tomorrow, if you've been reading through the, the Bible program, you'll start reading Ephesians. So much of Ephesians is about the church. What the church is supposed to be. How the church works. It gets into some marriage things at the end. But so much of it is about what the church is really supposed to be like and how the church functions. And, and, and I'm afraid that in modern day times, the church has become uh, more of an entertainment center for believers at times. More of a self-helps program for believers at times instead of becoming a place that transforms us into the image of Christ. I want you to listen to this passage with me. It's a defining passage on, on purpose. And it says this. It was he, talking about Jesus. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. So what we see here is Jesus calls some people to these tasks. He, he puts them in these tasks. Now you get the reason he does it. Why? Why does he do that? To prepare God's people. Who is that? The church. That's us. The church. Let's see if I can get my glasses back on. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We'll see what this means. Until we all reach unity and faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So one of the main purposes of these called positions is to help the church, the body of Christ, be built up so that all the things that divide us fall away because we know what our purpose is. We know who Jesus is. We have knowledge of who God is. We have knowledge of right doctrine. And all of the other stuff kind of filters away because we're built up in the word of God. And we now do these to prepare God's people for works of service. Uh, so that the body may be built up until we all reach unity and the faith and knowledge of the Son of God. And become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each does its part. Lord, bless us in this time tonight. Let us grow in you in this time tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. We're talking, we've been talking these last few weeks about how the local church, how we as a church, become a shining light. Things that we can do practical things that we can do 
to let the gospel, the light of Christ shine through us. That if we cooperate together, how we can begin to be used in just practical ways to bring the message of the gospel to people. I would tell you tonight that I believe with all of my heart that the second most important organization that God has on this earth is the church. The most important one is the family. Sadly, in many cases, the family's in crisis. And sadly, in many places, the church is in crisis. Because we're not being built up in unity. We're not being built up in our knowledge of Christ. We're not doing the things that Christ would have us to do. And I want you to point out here, as long as we're on this earth, Jesus was very clear about this. He doesn't call us where we should possess peace, where we should have peace. It is peace that passes understanding. What does that mean? It means there's going to probably be turmoil around us. There's going to be things going on around us. And we're going to have peace in the storm. Are you thinking about this? It doesn't mean everything's going to be peaceful for you. The church isn't dropped into the world and said, oh, everybody's going to love you and you're going to have peace. No, Jesus made it very clear. Hey, if they crucified me, they're going to treat you the same way. They're going to do the same thing to you. There's a natural, absolute, natural opposition in the sinful flesh to the righteous people who live around them it, 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 it isn't just neutral there's a natural stirring to be opposed why because when we do what's right it brings conviction when we live the right way it stirs conviction so the family member who doesn't love God doesn't serve God has a hard time living at peace with the family members who do. He's, he's just got to be a little cutting every now and then. He's got to say things every once in a while. He's got to attack every, every once in a while. He's got to separate himself at times and say, I'm not coming around anymore. And that breaks the heart of the mom or the dad or the brother or the sister or the friend. But it's natural because when they come around, what happens? Conviction comes. Conviction comes. Now, I want to make sure that's happening because conviction comes, not because I'm being rude, but because conviction comes. So, but here, in this passage, it talks about the, the, the pastors and teachers and apostles building the body up, and it says so that we don't get blown by every wind that happens, every cultural phenomenon that comes along. We shouldn't be blown by it. We shouldn't be moved by it. We should be pretty steady in, in our life. We, we, we can't let the cunning and craftiness of men define us. Let me tell you, the, the, the biggest place we see this happening right now is in the influence of homosexuality, the influence of the transgender things that are trying to move 
a society to a place of acceptance and as they've been very successful at it to the point that the church is seen and condemned as bigoted and unrighteous and hateful. We talked about this Sunday night. But the church has to be a people who are not blown by those winds. Now sadly, there are places that call themselves the church that are being blown by those winds. I sat with with some people recently and they were going through one of these issues with one of their family members. And they, they wanted one of their family members to do some things. And, and because of the lifestyle they were living, we, we had to say, oh, we, we, can't, we can't do that. that. They're welcome to come. They're welcome to be here. We're going to love them. But they can't be in these positions. And the response was, there's many churches in town that we can go to that will let them be in those positions. And I, I said to sit and say, well, that's, that's true. That's absolutely true. They will hug you around the neck while you go to hell. Now, listen, I like to be a nice guy. Don't you? But you're not doing, that's right, you're not doing, you're not doing somebody a favor to let them go to hell and you, so for the sake of you being able to be nice to them. We've got to tell the truth. We've got to stand for the truth. We've got to be a people of the truth. If we're not, then we lose our saltiness. We're worth nothing except to be thrown out and trampled by men. But don't think that's going to be easy. This causes conflict. So you've just got to be ready for the conflict. You've got to be ready. There's going to be people who look at you strangely, who kind of despise your opinion, who don't agree with you. Some just kind of ignore it. Some get mad about it. Some attack it. But at the end of the day, we've got to be extremely Christ-like, extremely centered in who we are, not filled with anger, but filled with love, and yet firm in what we believe. Amen? Amen? And so I, I want to tell you, if, if you're one of these people that, boy, if, if you get around a group of people and you get swayed and you kind of fall in with the crowd and you kind of go along with things, you've got to pray, God, bolster me up. Because in this day and age, you will fall away from faith. You will compromise the gospel. You will literally live a life that, show, that, that looks like it is ashamed of Christ. And Jesus says, if you're ashamed of me on this earth, I'm going to be ashamed of you in heaven. Before the Father. I don't want to get there and, and Jesus be ashamed of me, do you? That would be a bad moment. So there's got to be some strength on our behalf. And it's our job as pastors to build you up in that, to strengthen you in that, to call you in that, and to, and to, and to keep pushing. Let's hold firm to the Word of God and build each other up in love. Build each other up. That, what that, does that mean is this. We've got to speak this. When we hear somebody starting to, to compromise a bit, starting to give in a bit, starting to, we've got to say, wait a second, brother. Wait a second, brother. No, 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 no. Let's, let's realize this is what the world's saying to us. That's why it's so important for us to be in the Word. It's so important for you to be reading the Word, 
studying the word, asking God to build you in the word. We can't be a shining light if we look and act just like the world in its compromises today. Listen, the world's going to be very, very corrupt. Uh, it's going to follow the, the flesh. And You know, I, I heard somebody say once, you look in Judges, that you really get the definition of sin at the end of Judges where it says there was no king in the land, basically, and every man did as he saw fit. When there's no king in our heart, we all do as we see fit, which is kind of the definition of truth in our culture today. What's truth for you, and what's truth for you, and what, what may be true for you may not be true for me. And I mean, it's just so, it's, it's so crazy. It's the, the very thought of it, if you have any kind of foundation in your life is just it just sounds bizarre but the world really buys into this that people can just be and do whatever they want to be and do and it absolutely leads to destruction the church is supposed to be the light of the world we're supposed to be the light of the world and sometimes when that light shines it is offensive to those that it shines on and we just have to be ready for that. But that's why God gives us this tool. And over the next several weeks on Sunday, when we start our new series, this new series we start a week from Sunday on City Lights, uh, God gives us some strategy. And we're going to talk about some of the things that we need to be doing as the world gets darker. So that when the light shines, we can back up the light and people can see the fullness of what the gospel's about. The gospel isn't just about us telling people you're wrong and repent. There's answers we're supposed to bring into the world. And the church has to be the church. Church can't be an entertainment center. The church has to be a launching center. The church has to be a place where we come to and go out to do the work of the kingdom. So we need to hear this. So we've been talking about what are, what are some things we can do. And, and I would tell you that one of the things that, that we have to do, if we want the church to be that increasing light, is we have to be a, an inviting people. Uh, we talked about this as we wrapped up last week. Our, our groups, our small groups have to be open groups that we invite people into. We, we need to make sure that our, our small groups are not closed groups. But we need to be inviting people into them. Hopefully they're growing and dividing. But we also have to take advantage of the other places. We, for instance, this Saturday morning, men's uh, breakfast. Guys, you need to come learn how to be a leader. Don't assume you know how to lead. Come learn how to be a spiritual leader. And come and join us on Saturday mornings and invite somebody to come. Go cross-culturally, across generations and invite somebody to come and sit with you and be with you in that meeting and start building relationships. When you come in, don't just go sit with your same eight or nine buddies you sit with every men's breakfast or you talk to every week out in the entryway. We've got to open up the connections in our life and build connections with other people that are coming in the door. When you meet people, when you meet new guys, invite them to come and be a part of things. Invite them to come and be there. And as we do, 
different ministries. We'll talk about this in a minute. Invite people to come. The second place, you've got to invite people to church. Just got to invite people. Uh, you know, I, I, I love, I, I love, invi- I had been talking to one guy this week and he was like, yeah, I, I think I'll come Sunday. Good. Been inviting him. Said, this would be a great week for you to come. Said, I, th- I think I'm going to make it Sunday. Well, you know, I've invited him a lot. I'm praying this is a, I'm praying he actually comes and that this is a great day for him. But guess what? If you don't invite him, what's going to happen? They're not going to come. Most people, most unchurched people, do not come to church because one day they get up and say, I wonder if I Googled churches, if I would find one that I found interesting. Church people do that. Christian people come into town and look for a church and, you know, Google churches and see where they want to go. Unchurched people don't do that. No, unchurched people come to church because somebody invites them. They get invited. And as we said before, 70% of the people that get saved get saved because somebody invites them to church. If you don't know how to witness at all, if you don't know how to share your faith at all, if you don't know the first scripture to share with somebody that's unsaved to help them understand how to be saved, you can begin to be a soul winner by doing this. Bring people to church. Bring them to church and pray God will touch them. Now, you should learn how to be a soul winner. You should learn how to share faith with people. You should learn how to share your testimony, how to show them what the scripture says about salvation. That should be just a no-brainer for us that, wow, that's just one of the merit badges I have to have on as a Christian. I have to know how to do this. If I'm sitting with somebody who's far from God, I need to be able to tell them what I believe. But you can at least invite people. So the enemy, the enemy of your soul wants to keep you very uncomfortable with that. Just understand that. This is part of the battle. And this this is why in, in, in Acts they prayed, God, fill us with boldness. Because the Pharisees were telling them to shut up or you're in trouble. And they didn't take that and say, oh God, we're causing trouble here. We want to be a loving, kind church that doesn't cause trouble, so we're going to shut up. No, their response was, who are we to obey, God or man? Now God, fill us with boldness. Fill us with your anointed power so we can be your witnesses. And so if you're afraid of that, that just recognize that's part of the spiritual battle. This is part of the spiritual battle. Start praying about it. Start asking God to fill you with boldness. When you get an opportunity, take that big step and just invite somebody. And it won't be long. It won't be long. You start down that path until all of a sudden you realize, hey, this isn't so bad. I can do this. This is okay. But if we're going to be that shining light in this community, if we're going to fulfill the mission of the church, we're going to fulfill it a lot more by one-on-one conversations and inviting people than we are by an advertisement that goes on a, on a radio spot. Are you with me? So this means all of us. This means everybody. You're sitting there saying, okay, I, I'm, I'm really uncomfortable because I know he's talking to somebody besides me. Well, if you're inviting people to church, yeah, I am. If you're not, no, I'm talking to you. I'm trying to do what Ephesians says here. I'm trying to prepare you for works of service. I'm trying to prepare you to do something. To go out and do what the kingdom of God would tell us to do. 
Now here, here's the next, the next thing that you, that you can do in this, this whole process. Uh, let me just give you a couple, couple of practical, simple, easy things you can do. When you come to church, here's, here's a way you can really kind of open the door for conversations. If you're a Facebook person, a lot of people in this world are Facebook people now. And if you're a Facebook person, you get on Facebook, you have friends on Facebook, then one of the things, when you come to church, check in. Just check in every time. Why? Because your friends are going to see that. They're going to see that you're a church. And at the right moment, the right time, God's going to use that for them to say, man, you go to church a lot. They've just opened a wide open door for you, haven't they? They, You go out to that Calvary place a bunch, what's what's that all about? God will use that to give you the opportunity to invite somebody. So just take the opportunity. What you're you're just doing is you're, you're literally stepping into a room and saying, I go to church. That's literally what you're doing. The other thing you can do is if there's a, a good quote that happens on Sunday morning that, you know, I say or one of the other pastors says or that our guest says and it really touches you, encourages you, put it on Facebook. Maybe it'll touch somebody else. Maybe it'll encourage somebody else. Maybe somebody says, man, I, I needed to hear that today. I don't, I don't know how many times I put something on Facebook. So I, need to hear, I, I need to hear that today. I saw that with some of the responses on Facebook uh, this week, people said, boy, I need to hear that today. That was good for me. And what God was saying to them, God used to say to somebody else. So you take advantage of that and, and you do it. The other part, the thing that you can do is we do a lot of invites on Facebook. Uh, what does that mean? On our Facebook, on the Calvary Facebook page today, there is a, a, a part of it that has a you know, has a thing announcing this Sunday morning. You can make it. You can do it. All you've got to do is hit share down there and it'll go onto your timeline. You can put a quote on there. Hey, I'm going to be there Sunday. I'd love for all my friends to join me. Sonia does this all the time. A bunch of other people in church do this all the time. Hey, I'm going to be out of Calvary this Sunday morning. Love for you to come and be a part of it. The more we fill our community with things, the, the more the door gets open for us to have conversations. That's the, that's the purpose of it. So take advantage of those opportunities and use those things to uh, be an invite to people and, and to invite people to come and be a part of church, those of you who, who, who uh, are on those places. All right, let me give you a couple other things. We talked Sunday, and, uh, you know, Sunday was about generosity, about being a generous people. And it just becomes so important for us to understand that we are conduits of God's blessing. And the more we are a conduit of God's blessing, the more God can bless us with and trust us with. Uh, I, I'm always amazed if, if the church is the second most important entity in this day and age. 
if the local church is, is that important in a community, then how God chooses to fund that is through his people giving. Now, why? Because he is blessing them to be a blessing. He is building faith in them to follow him. He's putting his resources in their hands to see if they will be good stewards of them of it in his kingdom. And one of the places where we need to be a good steward is to the church. We need to be to the poor. We need to be to the church. We need to be to missions. We need to be good stewards of what God has given us. And so I would just tell you that, that at some point in time, if I would assume, you know, I'm sitting here on a, on a Wednesday night with people. I would assume probably the vast majority of you in this room, if not all of you, are probably tithers already. But that, that, that just has to be something, not only that we do, but it has to be something that we talk about. That has to be something that, that you share in your small groups. That you talk about where you're at on this journey of being a generous person. Why? To brag on yourself? No. To inspire other people to start in that journey. Start sharing with them. This is my story. You know, Pastor shared his story last week about how he began to give. Let me tell you about mine. Let me tell you what God's done in me. Why? Because, one, we want them to be blessed, but we also want the church to move forward. Every statistic in America tells us today that like less than 5% of people who call themselves Christians actually tithe. Now you think of all the missions work and the work that's happening around the world and you look at a church like ours and we think of a lot more people than that in our church tithe. In, in, in Protestant Pentecostal churches that number is more up in the 20 percentile of people that actually tithe. But just, just let's say if ours was 22 or 23% and we're doing all the things that we're doing right now at 22, 23%, what would happen if another group of people began tithing and all of a sudden was 40%? What would happen? It would, it would empower us to do more ministry than what we can do right now. It would release resources to be a blessing in our community and to be a blessing around the world. So every tither should be praying, God, let others come along with us for their sake and for the kingdom's sake. And we should all be bold about that. And if you haven't caught that yet, let me just, let me just understand. This puts you, when you begin to tithe and give, it puts you right in the place where God can pour his favor out on you. Just puts you in that place where that can begin to happen. Will you be tested in that sometimes? Yes. Do you get a chance to test God in it? Yes. So this, should, this shouldn't be a thing that's hard for us to talk about. It should be a thing that's easy for us to talk about. Let me go on. Our attitude in the church is infectious. Bad attitudes are infectious. Uh, the complainer in the in the Old Testament. You go when, just just read through. Uh, sometime read through this, this, the children of Israel coming out of uh, of uh, uh, out of Egypt, 
and, and you get this picture of God with murmurs and complainers. He sees murmuring and complaining as a lack of faith in him. So, that, that, that negative can be infectious and the positive can be infectious. It's what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we talked about being a tree of life. You need to understand when you're sitting at the table what's being, with, with people, what's being poured out. I mean, if you're sitting at the table and somebody's pouring dirty water into your glass, you kind of take note of that, don't you? I don't think I'm going to drink that. Sometimes in conversations, people because they're young, people because they're, they're confused, all kinds of things, maybe because they're hurt, they, they pour out negative talk about somebody else, they pour out uh, hurtful talk about other people, maybe they attack something they don't understand, all kinds of things, become, and that becomes infectious. And somebody, the spiritual leaders in the group have to say, wait a second. Let me tell you the good about that. Let me tell you the positive about that. Let me tell you the, the, the good thing that's going on. There has to be a positive. Now, part of this positive attitude is this. If I have a problem, I've got to know what to do with it. If I have a concern, I've got to be mature enough to know how to deal with the concern. So, you know, I, I come to church and it's three Sundays in a row. I walk into the bathroom, and there's no paper towels in there. Go to wash my hands. There's no paper towels. And, you know, I have a couple choices. I can go around to all my friends and say, this place is so disorganized, they can't even keep paper towels. I'm not saying this has happened. I'm just saying. place is so bad, so disorganized, such a mess. Uh, there's no paper towels in the bathroom. I've been three weeks in a row, no paper towels. I think they get this place together. What? Send all this money in this building, there's no paper towels in the bathroom. Are you, are you hearing me? Or, or, I can go to somebody who can do something. I go look for Bob, go look for Pastor Paul. Say, hey, you know what? Last three weeks I've been here, there's no paper towels in the bathroom. Why? Because those guys don't want there to be no paper towels in the bathroom. They'll, they'll go check on that, won't they? So I either do the right thing to help bring right solution or I'm just a stirring of a problem. So I, I don't like to be a complainer. Well, it's better for us to constructively help each other make people aware of something they wouldn't be aware of. It's kind of like if you're sitting at eating with somebody and they get a you know, big glob of food on their cheek. You can sit there and eat with them the whole rest of the time with that glob of food on their cheek, on their chin. Or you can say, uh, hey, brother, you got, a little, you got a little something on your face there. Have you ever had, I've had people do that for me, thank God. I'd much rather them do that to me than half an hour later go in the bathroom and see it. Well, I wonder how long that's been there. Why didn't somebody say something? Are, are you with me? So there's times when you just say, hey, let's get the food off our cheek. Let's take care of this thing. But I got to go to the person. If I, if, you know, if Donald's sitting down and he had food on his I'm whispering, Judy, can you believe him? Look at him. He's got food on his cheek. And she's going, yeah, I know he always does that. It's just terrible. And neither one of us tell him, is that any good? That's no good. That doesn't get anything done. Something gets done when you go to somebody who can do something about it. 
And so that's the positive thing to do. This is why Jesus says, and he teaches us, if you have ought against your brother, go tell everybody else, but never mention it to him. Is that what it says? No, it says if you have ought against your brother, you go talk to him about it. Just go talk to him about it. What if they don't receive you? Then you get another believer, and you go talk to him again. Now, there's an assumption there that if you go talk to somebody else, say, hey, will you come and talk to me about this guy? He's really mistreating you. That they may say to you, well, I understand why they're mistreating you. The way you treat them isn't very good. There's a chance they may tell you the truth. Or there's a chance they may say, yeah, let's go talk to him about that. I'll, yeah, I'll go with you. Let's sit down with our brother and see if we can get this worked out. It's a righteous way to deal with issues. It's not burying our head in the sand. It's a righteous way to deal with it. Now, ultimately, here's the ultimate thing. Ultimately, you've got to ask yourself, is this worth it or does love overweigh this? Because love overlooks wrongs. And there's sometimes when somebody's done something that you sit and say, you know what, I've known them for 15 years. They had a bad day. Uh, this isn't who they are normally. Uh, forget it. Aren't you going to talk to them? About it? No, no, I've known them for 15 years. They've never done anything. If they ever do something like that again, I'll talk to them. But at this point in time, it's been one time they had a bad day. And you overlook it. Now, when it becomes the habit, that's when you go talk to them. Are you with me? The church is supposed to be built up in love and unity. And so at the core of the church has to be a group of people who protect the church, who do what's right, who, who work on relationships being right, who work on things being right, who make sure things are taken care of, who do things and take care of things. Listen, if you're in the, can I just tell you, if you're in the bathroom and there's water on the sink, you don't need to go tell Bob about that. Pick a paper towel up and wipe the water off the sink. Amen? Amen? Just do something about it. Hey, hey, there's some paper over there on the floor. Well, go pick it up. It's our church. We're the church. Take care of it. Now, you know, there's a broken window. You may not be able to fix that. Somebody needs to know about it. So, yeah, just, just come with the aspect of what can I do? What can I do? How can I make this better? What can I do? What, what can I do to make the visitor more welcome? What can I do to make this place healthier and, and more alive? So this positive attitude of this is my church. I want it to be great. And I'm not going to expect everybody to make it great. I'm going to help make it great. I'm going to do something in it. I'm going to live in such a way and act in such a way. It's my church. I want to pour my life into it. And if there's something I can do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So that, that's, that's part of it. Am I getting any place tonight? All right. Uh, I'm going to share one more thing tonight. And it's, we're, we're just about time to go. When God touches you, Share it. You're in a service and God encourages you. 
You're, you come to an altar and somebody prays and you get touched. You're, somebody's singing a song and it moves you and lifts your spirit. Tell people about it. Man, we were in that worship time last night and Dan was leading worship. It was so great and the spirit of God fell and oh man, my, my soul felt so refreshed. Especially tell to people who weren't there. Right? Tell them. Hey, I, we were in a session the other day and I learned this about this. And man, it was so good. Man, I... This is just changing my life. You're reading the Bible and you get a passage of Scripture that touches you. Tell other people about it. Why? Because that is encouraging each other. It's an encouraging word. It's a lifting word. Look for those opportunities to encourage. If you hear somebody share, I'm going through, you know, depression. I'm going through financial crisis. I... I'm going through a health need. I'm going through whatever it is. And you've been there? You've walked through that? God's brought you through it? Go tell them. Hey, I heard what, you, heard what you're going through. Let me tell you, I was, I've been there. I have been there. There's something powerful about looking in the eye of somebody who says, I've been where you're at. I know what you're going through. And God can get you through this thing. I'm going to be praying with you. Here's my number. Call me anytime. I know you're going to need to. You're going to listen. I'm, I'm here for you. Share what God's doing for you, what He's done for you. The testimony of your life is powerful for people. So, what are we talking about? We're talking about that church becoming so healthy, and they're becoming a core of people who are just healthy, glorifying God. For what, God is, for what God has done in our lives. And as we do that, as we walk in that kind of health and that kind of life, it, it, and we share that with others, it'll build them up too. Is this a good word tonight? Is this okay? All right. Bless the Lord. Listen, I just want to prepare us as people come in that are, that are new, and you see somebody new... Get to know them. Hear their story. And be a life giver in their life. Amen? Let's stand together and let's pray. Father, we're out of time tonight. Uh, we're trying to do what you tell us to do in, in Ephesians, to build the body of Christ up, and just in little practical ways, Father, and things that we can do to be a blessing to others. And even again right now, I pray you'd lay upon our heart the names of people you'd have us invite this Sunday. Father, we pray we'd just see a great influx of new people in the door. Some that you're going to plant a seed in. Some that you're going to water a seed that's already there. And Father, we pray you draw people in at that, that the harvest would be ready. And that, that, that salvation would come. Encourage the brokenhearted this week. Stir in their spirits and in their lives. And Father, help us to see ourselves clearly and minister clearly to others. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. God bless you. Go in the name of the Lord. Thank you for being here tonight.